I did not send out an email this week. I was far too busy living. <laughs> I know you'll understand. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. I actually missed my cue. There's a there's a, like an audible cue that I I know every time once this note is hit, I hit the button to transition to this screen, and I totally missed it. Uh, welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world. I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. Thank you so much for joining me. I know it's Father's Day. I know it's early. I know it's solstice. You guys got lives. Well, so do I. <laughs> so I'm trying to knock this out right after the book club meeting so that I can go enjoy my family and i'm gonna i'm gonna get into that in just a little bit here but um it is june 20th and i got a great show for you this week and the devil's advocate getting back to post pandemic normal there's a theme in this show this week i don't know if you can pick up on it in an infernal informant two americas may emerge as delta variant spreads and vaccination rates drop we're going to close it out with a bit of a conversation in the creature feature about the series sweet tooth Again, there's a theme, <laughs> so if you know nothing about this series, you could probably piece it together before we get there at the tail end. James, it's great to see you. Um, if memory serves, that's the James from the book club, right? I'd like to think so, <laughs> but my mind is so scattered today that I don't know. Maybe it's not. Um, all I got to say is, Here's one thing that I never took into consideration. How mad I would get at seeing other people's pads looking so goddamn good. Dude's got a kick-ass house, and he's like in the book club just all quiet and composed. Kick-ass mustache. And I'm just like, fuck, I gotta up my game. <laughs> My total environment is just failing <laughs> so bad compared to this guy. Yeah, you got a nice looking place, man. Um, all right. William, great to see you, man. Thanks for joining live. Uh, Valeria, great to see you too. Again, because <laughs> you were just uh, on the call with me. Lexi, happy Father's Day to your father. Good to see you. Gary, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining live, even though it was last second and I didn't send out an email. Mike, thanks for joining. Zachary, always good to see you. Uh, Mike Krause, Mike too, <laughs> in the chat. Uh, great to see you. Oh, nice. Well, you're always welcome to join the book club if it arrives there, um, William. And uh, you too, Lexi, for that matter. Everyone get sunburned this weekend? Sunscreen. Say no to cancer. That's how I like to roll. <laughs> always use sunscreen. Never, ever, ever, ever don't <laughs> because you know cancer <laughs> it's a bitch so i hear i'd like to avoid it if i can um all right couple of notes before we dive in happy summer solstice you heathens see what i did there um 
I always like at least recognizing, if not celebrating in some form or another, the equinoxes and the solstices. Because let's be honest, that is as natural of a rhythm as you can get as a human being, right? That you can find in connection with nature is the turning of the seasons. But I got to be honest. I think summer solstice is a little bit late because it is insanely hot lately. Like way hotter than it should be at this point. I don't know what's happening. Like the, the axis change of our earth has shifted the, uh, <laughs> I don't know, the zones of temperature. I feel like we are in Utah now where Arizona was. And everything is just sort of shifted in that way because it is crazy right now. We thought that we would do like the best of things and, you know, go escape to the mountains. You're going to drop 20 degrees just by going up into the mountains, which is very welcome. What I didn't take into account was the fact that it may be 20 degrees cooler, but it's still hot as shit. And you're out closer to the sun than you were by degrees of thousands of feet. And so the whole time I'm thinking, uh, this is ridiculous. I can't even escape this heat. No matter what you do, you're destined to melt. Uh, this is what we are nowadays. We're butter. We are a little black Sambu of the tiger turning into to butter. It's an old reference from that show in my childhood, if you didn't get it. Um, anyway, shit is going down. Man, climate change is real. 161 today? Knox, where do you live? Oh my gosh. 161? That's not possible. And I'm hearing, I don't know if Shauna, you can hear this, but I'm hearing myself coming from you outside of my room and it's very distracting. Uh, maybe the ocean currents are shifting. They're definitely doing something, man. If every science fiction film I've ever seen in my life is, is real, which of course they are, it starts with the, the ocean. <laughs> it's crazy. It's the devil's microwave in the south. 116. That makes a little more sense, but still, but still insanely hot. And by the way, for any of you who happen to live in climates that never uh, break the 100 degree barrier... And for those who do, uh, after 90 degrees, you're verging on tolerability. After 100, it doesn't matter how much worse it gets. You just cannot be comfortable or exist in those climates. It doesn't matter. After 100, it could be 100 or it could be 120. You're still going to be abjectly miserable no matter what. There's just no saving grace. It sucks. So, yeah, it's rough. And then regionally, depending on where you live, uh, your, your grid could fail. Like if you live in Texas, where they believe that we should privatize everything, including our cooling and uh, our energy systems, or California, who would rather spend more money on uh, watering almonds, <laughs> thanks uh, Real Time with Bill Maher for that one, uh, than putting money into, uh, you know, I don't know, fighting forest fires or... Uh, ensuring you have water for the rest of your populace, your human populace. Weird priorities, right? If 
Texas just had this crisis with their privatized energy system in the winter where the whole grid went down. It's happening again in summer. When are you going to just realize that, you know, in some cases, privatization works great. When it comes to taking care of your population, perhaps not. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we Are Satanists by Blanche Barton Book Club. That's a mouthful. Uh, we just had our first episode meeting, gathering. There are so many things. It's What's really funny about reading this is that I have like two minds going on at once. One, I have the mind of, because I do this, uh, if I were to interview about this book, these are the questions that I'm going to ask as I'm reading it. And then as I'm reading it for the book club, these are the questions I want to bring up, or these are the ideas that I want to pose to get other people's perspectives during the book club meeting. And so I've got a bunch of different conversations happening at once while I'm trying to read and digest the book itself. It's actually really distracting. That being said, I had a great time during this first meeting. As soon as I hit the end call button, I thought of a thousand questions that I wanted to bring up or a thousand ideas or points that I wanted to bring up, which is very frustrating for me because not only do I really hate repeating myself, there's nothing worse of knowing that you could have brought up a salient point and yet you did not because you failed to remember it in the heat of the moment. This is why it's important, everyone, to write your thoughts down. I keep notes for the show. If I didn't have my notes for the show, it would just be me rambling like this for an hour. And none of you would ever turn in, tune in. Uh, though I, I don't know why you do now, but thank you anyway. <laughs> it was a great first book club meeting. And for those of you who got the books in the mail or are expecting them before next week, we're going to be reading the second chapter for the next week's discussion. So if you want to get in on the book club, shoot me an email, info at reverendcampbell.com, and I'll give you all the information and stuff. But you got to have the book and you got to do the reading because you have to contribute. That's the whole, the whole point of it. But yeah, so like I said earlier, I went to the mountains to go escape the heat. And if I'm being honest, I'm going to talk about this a little bit in The Devil's Advocate as well. Um, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to come to terms with where I want my life to be in this post-pandemic world. During the pandemic, everyone that was locked up in their homes every weekend was escaping to the mountains. And so it was just filled it was littered with assholes and so i avoided it because i didn't want to be exposed to all those idiots that one they weren't wearing masks they weren't you know being safe or anything um but two i just i don't like being around that many people and so i just stayed home rather than my traditional wilderness escape lifestyle <laughs> that i've cultivated from youth uh this weekend was the first time that i was able to get out other than, you know, just regular shopping or, you know, work on my yard or something. In months. Like, I think months. Which is sad to admit, but it was wonderful getting out. Here's the downside. We didn't take into account the age of my dog. And I already told this story to the people in the book club, so I'm sorry that you have to hear it again. Uh, we didn't take into account the age of my dog or the heat factor in going out. Because let's be honest... The heat affects us humans, but it also affects our companions. And you have to always think about how much water are you bringing on any you know, wilderness excursion for you 
but what about your animals? You have to make sure you have enough water for your animals. So everyone that ever goes hiking with me has a camelback filled with water that's more than you need in order to go out and back wherever we plan on going because we want to make sure we have some so we can give to our animals. But then also snacks and food and stuff like that. You got to think about what your animal is going to need. I failed to consider the heat index for my uh, smallest but oldest dog, our Shih Tzu, Minnie, who has gone on this trail multiples of dozens of times. Like, she has done this in the winter, she's done this in the summer, and <laughs> spring and fall as well, over and over again, right? But it's so hot in the spring this year, and actually, I guess today's summer, um, and she has been experiencing seizures as well to compound it, right? And so it was very stupid of me to even consider bringing her, and I didn't even think about the seizure thing. But the older she gets, she's started to have these strange seizures that sort of grip her very briefly, but painfully. And so, you know, we sort of focus on her and take care of her during those moments and then, you know, help nurse her back and make sure she's comfortable, get her water and, you know, just sort of give her the love and attention that animals need, just like humans. We were out there on the trail resting as another hiking group was passing us and they stopped and started talking to us. And she immediately had a seizure and literally rolled off the goddamn mountain, like rolling down the fucking hill. And so I saw her starting to have the seizures. So I was like, Shauna, Shauna, you know, like trying to get her attention so she could go grab her. But Shauna didn't know what the fuck I was talking about when I was calling her name. And all of a sudden I realized that my dog is rolling down the fucking mountain. And so my first instinct was throw off my backpack and lunge off the mountain after my dog. And it sounds dramatic and stuff, but it wasn't that far. And it wasn't that dramatic, but still I just leapt off the edge of this goddamn mountain, tumbling down the fucking side of the goddamn mountain. And she was like flopping because she was mid seizure as she was tumbling. So she had no, you know, she couldn't like stop herself or anything. She was just at the whim of the foliage that she was running through or tumbling through. She eventually stopped and I'm like, like skidding down the damn mountain, getting to her. And I finally get to her and she's just whimpering. And it's just like, emotional hell for her and I'm doing my best to try to like fight through the bush and stuff on the side of this goddamn mountain without falling further or knocking her further down and grabbing her and then trying to climb right back up and one thing you got to know about mountains or about any forest or you know anything like that is that there are levels of decomposing vegetable matter right like branches and trees and leaves and weeds and spider webs and you know decomposing animal parts and like there's just like thickness that if you put any weight on it you slide right down so trying to hold hers so she's not like flopping off my body as she's still recovering from the seizure climbing up this goddamn mountain it was a pain in the ass and i like backslid once and talk about excitement of a hike like the first time we're finally back and I'm nearly killing my goddamn dog. It sucks. So here's the thing. We ended up, I got to give props to my wife because she did most of the caring, but we ended up carrying the dog the entire rest of the hike up and then all the way back to the car because we, we still wanted to be out there. And she had water and she had shade and she had care and love and stuff after that tragic moment. So it's not like we tortured her or anything. But, I mean... <laughs> fucking 
fucking chat at him. <laughs> yeah. It was my fault. So anyway, she's fine. She's resting happily right outside of my door, enjoying the air conditioning of our home. Uh, and we will never take her hiking again. Like that is, that was our last straw of knowing that she's just too old and she's going through these seizures that, you know, we don't know how much longer she has. And I'd rather her live in comfort than the stress of, and here's like the, the other side of that is quality of life, right? When you consider quality of life for your animals, you want to make sure that they have room to run and explore. You want to make sure that they have all the comfort creature comforts that we know and love, you know, a comfortable bed and stuff like that. Um, enough ample food and water to be happy, but you also want to take them out. You want to, you know, give them the exercise away from their traditional home environment so that they, they can enjoy life as much as you do as getting out, you know? And I know she loves being in the mountains, but it's just too much for her now. So she just can't handle it. So the quality of life, it's, it's almost like now she's just confined to our yard in our home, which sucks when there's so many wonderful trails that she used to enjoy, but she just can't anymore. And it's just, I don't know, coming to terms with that for me is challenging. I'm sure it's going to be very difficult for her as well. Sucks, but that was my day. Um, and for all of you fathers out there, happy Father's Day. I want to give you a couple tips. You may, you probably, let's be honest, you're probably a much better father than I am. <laughs> I'm, 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 not, I'm doing this rather than spending time with my family. That's how good of a father I am. So I still have some tips, some thoughts, some ideas, ruminations, if you will, about fathers and what makes a good father and how to be a better father. Be firm in your declarations. Make sure they're grounded in reality and not just your personal opinion in the moment. Whenever you make some sort of ruling like, yes, you can go do that or no, or yes, you have to sit here and eat this or no, or whatever, um, at the dinner table or, you know, whatever, be firm in your declarations, but also be malleable and realize that your kids are not you. They need to explore an experience and you have to give them that space to do that. So yes, sometimes you have to lay down the law and say that you're grounded because of your behavior, the choices that you made, you're now going to suffer the consequences of, or for your own safety, I will not let you go do this or that in this way. Also be malleable, allow them room. They got to explore their kids. They have to eat dirt. Damn it. Let them. And that feeds right into my second little tip as a father, let your, ex your children experience failure. Let them fail. Let them get hurt. Let them cut themselves. Let them fall down and scrape their knees and elbows and cry it out. Let them know that they're not always going to have someone holding their hand and taking care of them and making the bad guy go away. Life is hard. And the sooner your kids understand that fact and understand how to navigate it, the better for them. And it's hard as a parent. It's hard as a father to let go, but you have to let go. Let them get hurt. Um, and then expose your children to life. Take, force them to go into sports. Um, <laughs> this sounds like such, such a non-athletic guy saying, let them go to sports and, and play sports. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. I don't even know. Enroll them in extracurricular activities. 
my my son he played soccer he played football he was uh, in guitar lessons i mean make sure that they are exposed to things that even if you're not interested in them activities that they're exposed to them so that you they can find out for themselves whether they're into them there's nothing worse you can do than lock your kid in the house in front of the tv and just call it life until they're 18. you have to put down money and time you have to put your attention into them and allow them to explore different facets of life and this goes to the next one cultivate curiosity you need to ensure that if they show interest in something that you are right behind them fostering that interest feeding them if they show interest in space give them a telescope or take them to the planetarium or go outside into the mountains and stare at the sky like there are apps that you can get on your phone for free if you don't know anything about it to you know help them foster their curiosity and ultimately what you're doing is exposing them to life and opportunity of learning and if we're being honest that's kind of all there is in life is experience and opportunity and learning it's really important again always remembering they're not clones of you they're going to have interests that differ from yours and it is your job as a parent to ensure that they if they show interest in something are supported in that um and then let them know this is something that was really it, it was shut down with me as a kid let them know it's okay to show emotion it's okay to cry or scream or be angry or show happiness it's okay to show emotion uh, i was raised you know in this weird traditional male gender role where men didn't cry men didn't show emotion they were just blank like that that's how men were supposed to act they were just blank it could be a cultural thing it could be just be my family or my society that i was raised in but that's bullshit there is a whole spectrum of emotion and experience and to be able to embrace that as a human being is really really healthy and important it's a huge communication tool as well not just for other people but for yourself so that you can process what you're experiencing so make sure that your children know it's okay those are some basic rules of um <laughs> how to be a better dad if you're a dad all right let's do a little devil's advocate i've been waxing on a long time that's right jason do not push any religion including satanism Uh, Knox, if your child isn't a Satanist, they're still your child, and you should love and support them no matter what. Period. Doesn't matter. Here's the reality of it. I don't think either of my kids are, are Satanists, and that's okay. I am. My wife's not. My kids probably aren't. And I still love them. I choose to to spend time with them and, and enjoy life with them. I know too many Satanists that I don't like <laughs> to then try to project some weird sensibility that you must be a satanist or i won't like you no it, it's just it's not realistic no matter what 
you chose to have children, if you have kids, you are responsible for them until they're adults, you can also enjoy human contact with them, you know? Let them know that it doesn't matter. They're your kid and you love them no matter what. All right, so devil's advocate. I want to, oh, let me throw up an image real quick. I always like to have just like some sort of an image on these conversations. I don't really know why, because they don't really pay off all the time, but I just like them. Um, getting back to post-pandemic normal. So I was watching the film or the series that we're going to talk about in the Creature Feature, and this just sort of came to me. Because I never really thought about in this in, in this the, these terms before. Let me know if you agree with this or not. Um, I see the pandemic as a huge reset button. I never expected any worldwide event to affect me in the way that it did as long as it did, as the pandemic did. That's a lot of dids. Um, over a year. And for the majority of that, we were told not to leave the house. And if you do, you must mask up and don't touch anything and clean yourself, you know, go, be extensively, you know, hyper vigilant about germs and stuff. Um, not everyone uh, paid attention to that. I did. I, um, I have some underlying medical issues that make me more susceptible to infection than the average human being, the average healthy human being. So I was kind of really concerned about it. The media hyped it up and now we're learning that it was not as big of a deal as they hyped it to be, but still that was the life that we lived in. So in that frame of mind, when you're in it, you know, some people took advantage of the pandemic where they learned new languages. I don't know if anyone ever actually did, but that's the that's the the mythology that's being spread about the pandemic. Some people explored music or painting or cultural or hobbies or you know, whatever it was in order to pass the time, I pretty much did what I always do. <laughs> it sans going out. You know, I just did everything in the home. I sort of like confined myself to the home. And so my post-pandemic world view is I need to get back out there. I need to escape to the wilderness again. Like this is where I used to live most of my life and I just loved it so much and I've avoided it because everyone else was out there because they were sick of being in their homes. So now, finally, now that everyone else is locking themselves in the homes by choice rather than by government mandate, um, I can then go out and enjoy the wilderness without being exposed to their stupidity. But what about other things with the pandemic, right? What about other choices that were forced upon you that now you can re-examine? And what about before the pandemic hit? Lifestyle choices that you had that you thought were important that you realized through the pandemic perhaps are not as important. So examine what is. With everything that you went through, with everything that you learned, with all of the life experience that you've garnered up until this point now, what is important to you in life in general? How can you focus on the things that are important while still being able to do those economic things like making money to pay your rent or your mortgage and buy food and etc. How can you balance your life again knowing what you know now? Because let's be honest, other generations before us, you know, after the Spanish flu, they don't understand what we went through. And so we're in a, a, a very interesting moment 
in human experience where we can safely reflect on the genuine dangers that were in front of us. In America alone, we lost over 600,000 people to this damned virus. So we can reflect on how our lives were impacted or not, the society at large, and if there's any changes we need to make in our own lives. I just talked last week about um, whether or not Satanists are, are actually achieving any real-world successes and what success means to the individual Satanist. Well, this conversation is more about what is important to you as far as successes, right? What are those choices that you're making in your life that just don't matter anymore or just aren't as important to you? And I'll tell you one thing that I did last year that I picked up that I had I'd forgotten about for years before that used to be really important to me. And that was reading. I would read books from time to time, satanic literature and stuff like that. But I just straight up stopped reading. And this last pandemic, this last year, I started the first book club and we went through a whole bunch of different books. I started picking up some old fantasy novels that I hadn't read in years, like multiples of decades. Um, and started just loving them again. And just sort of going crazy and rabid with reading. And I'm loving every second of it. Things that you missed during the pandemic. Are they things that you want to explore again? What about the things that you don't miss? That you thought were important and that you just didn't even think about? Perhaps they're just not as important. They, they don't have the weight in your life that you once put upon them. And you just don't need them. Um, think about the family that you could not see or the family that you were stuck with. Is it still something you want to be stuck with? Do you want to spend more time with the family that you could not see anymore and that you just took for granted that you could see whenever you wanted to? Take stock with the type of life that you want to lead in this post-pandemic world. Use this as a reset button of sorts. It reminds me of when I was in elementary school going into middle school and in middle school going into high school. We sort of develop these personality traits or these friend groups or these cliques or we sort of define ourselves in certain ways and we think about going to that next step of education and maybe it's high school to college and you just sort of want to redefine yourself. You, 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 you were okay with where you were but now you wanted to try something different. Well, this post-pandemic world is a perfect example for you redefining yourself. You do not have to be content with sorrow or with the connections that you have made thus far. You can change your situation. And if it takes this moment going through a pandemic for over a year to realize that? Well, then be happy that you're now here in order to realize that. Because not everyone is. Um, how do you want to be seen? Again, as Satanists, we're always talking about lesser magic. We're always talking about manipulating our environment or others. But really, how do you want to be perceived by those people that now you can actually be around? Is it the same way that you've always been seen? Or do you want to change things? Do you feel like you've 
grown even more than they have seen you grow. And you want to present a different face to them because you want to. You don't need a reason. Now is your opportunity. And what would you like to focus on now? You know, you might have had goals that are decades old. You know, I want to achieve this status. Maybe at this point in your life, you realize after the pandemic, when literally I was just trying to survive and I was worried about getting water and ammo and toilet paper, like those are your chief concerns. Maybe that's not as important anymore. Maybe the career path that you were going down, you were, you were doing it just because you thought that you could earn enough money to do X or Y or to secure a future. Maybe that's just not important anymore. Maybe you want to change career paths. Or maybe you just want to focus on something different. Take the moment to take stock and make those choices. Don't live on autopilot. And this pandemic is a perfect moment to realize that. Maybe you have been. So not only re-examining past goals and asking yourself whether they're still relevant, what if another pandemic hits? How would you act differently? You have the experience of knowing how you have acted in this last one. And by all accounts and measures, it can happen again. So what would you do differently? How would your life change? What are the choices that you would make in order to either prepare for or prevent the worst of this pandemic? Consider it because those life choices are the genuine moments that you should be focusing on. Now, I was fortunate enough to be locked in a home with my children and my wife, whom I love with everything in me. And so I was fine, but not everyone was. Some people were locked away from family with roommates or maybe by themselves, and they just felt isolated and alone. There was a huge spike, and we're still trying to wait for the data to come in, in drug abuse, alcohol abuse, suicide. We're seeing huge crime rates as a result of the economic policies that the government mandated upon us. Like, we're still realizing the effects that this had on us as a civilization, what about the effects it had on you as an individual? It's something that is so important that you may not have considered that you should as a Satanist because it is going to help define where you need to move from here forward. You're the only one that can come up with those answers and it's important that you do. And maybe nothing's changed. Who knows? But you'll never know unless you ask the questions. All right, what do you guys have to say here? The Great Reset, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a trite reference, but yeah, no, it is. It really is. Uh, we lost several older members at your lodge due to COVID. It's good that people are getting vaccinated, but China has outpaced us in vaccines given. It's embarrassing. I don't, you know, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to put a pin in that because I'm going to talk about it in the next segment. Uh, the Chinese, uh, let's see, held the COVID war, the Cold War era created the need for LeVay to create Satanism. I could see how the the culture that resulted because it was before the Cold War that resulted from the Vietnam War era, right? Like, because the Cold War went well into the 80s. Um, 
But, you know, Korean War and the Vietnam War really had a huge impact on the younger generations that really turned off LaVey. You know, the sort of hippie drug abuse culture. Uh, New Age cultures that were uh, coming to the forefront in the 60s and 70s. That is really what inspired Satanism, in my opinion, and certainly based on his own histories and stuff. Um, respect is not the question. Ability is. The U.S. should not place second if we wish to be the best, period. Again, you're talking about the other thing that I want to get into. Um, that's exactly what you want to do. Present a more grown face. That's what you're trying to do. That's good, Justin. A kind of You're kind of scared to go to public events alone now. It was never like that until after the damn pandemic. You go to places, then just don't go in. Just drive by. That's the other thing is you get into a habit of not living, of not experiencing life, of being timid or abjectly afraid of experiencing life. That's something that we have to get past. If you're vaccinated, it doesn't matter if they aren't. You're not going to get sick. So experience life. Don't let that stop you. Like you've got to get out and just try to refocus on you and not your fears. Because fear will stop you from doing everything. That means including experiencing life. And this is the only one we have. This is the only shot we get. If you don't take advantage now, you're squandering it. So we have to get out there. Have to. Okay, uh, you like to play video games when you can steal, can steal to cope with your urges to steal. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> I'm genuinely concerned. All right. Um, I think that's really all I wanted to cover. Reflect, I guess, is the, the overarching message here. Reflect on where you've been, what you've experienced, and where you're going to go. Because we have an opportunity, you know? Let's let's seize it. Let's do a little infernal informant. Uh, that's interesting, Jason, because I think you're absolutely right. World War II was the beginning and end of our conflict with Russia. We actually had treaties with Russia in order to defeat the Nazis. We went in, looked like heroes as America, left the Nazis to deal with the horrific German front in their own homeland. Literally, we abandoned them. And then we reneged on the treaty that we made with them because we had a turnover in presidency. And so it's no wonder why the Russians are pissed at us historically. We screwed them. We took the credit and they did all the work in World War II. They suffered all the casualties compared to anyone else. Except for the Holocaust Jews and, and, and gypsies and homosexuals and handicapped uh, that suffered in the camps. 
other than that horrific event, it was the Russians. They literally won that war. We claim it, but they put the blood in the soil to do it. You may not agree with the way they did. Okay. But we fucked them. We fucked them over hard. And all in the name of American exceptionalism. Why do we have to honor our treaties? We're America. We won the war. Our own, we're, we're literally buying our own bullshit. Like that is what we do as a country. So we fucked them. And so of course they're going to be upset at us. Of course there's going to be threats and uh, spying and, uh, um, you know, distrust. We sowed those seeds. <laughs> we did. Americans. And no, I'm not like pro-Russia or anything. But we have to accept what we actually did. We have to accept the consequences of the choices that we as a country made. And that was one of them. Um, ADA, thanks for joining, man. All right. Two Americas may emerge as Delta variant spreads and vaccine rates drop. Let me throw up this image really quick and uh, we will get into it. This is from The Guardian. With COVID... I'm getting old, man. Hold on. With COVID vaccination penetration in the U.S. likely to fall short of Joe Biden's 70% by 4th of July target, the pandemic anal analysts are warning that vaccine incentives are losing traction and that two Americas may emerge as the aggressive Delta variant becomes the dominant U.S. strain. Efforts to boost vaccination rates have come through a variety of incentives, from free hamburgers to free beer, college scholarships, and even million-dollar lottery prizes. But of the efforts to entice people to get their shots um, <laughs> have lost uh, their initial impact or failed to land effectively at all, it's just not working, Erwin Redliner at the Pandemic Resource and Response Initiative at Columbia University told Politico. People aren't buying it. The incentives don't seem to be working, whether it's a donut, a car, or a million dollars. In Ohio, a program offering five adults the chance to win $1 million boosted vaccination rates 40% for over a week. A month later, the rate has dropped to below what it would have been before the incentive was introduced, Political found. Oregon followed Ohio's cash prize lead, but saw a less dramatic uptick. Preliminary data from the Similarly, uh, similar lotto in North Carolina launched last week suggests that incentives also not boosting uh, in the incentives are not boosting uh, vaccination rates there either. Public officials are sounding alarms that the window between improving vaccination penetration and the threat from the more severe Delta variant, which accounts for around 10% of U.S. cases, is beginning to close. The Delta variant appears to be much more contagious than the original strain of COVID-19 and has wreaked havoc in countries like India and the United Kingdom. I certainly don't see things getting any better if we don't increase our vaccination rate, Scott Allen of the County Health Unit in Webster, Missouri, told Politico. The state has seen daily infections and hospitalizations to nearly double over the last two weeks. Overall, New U.S. COVID cases have plateaued to a daily average of around 15,000 for after failing or falling off as the nation's vaccine program ramped up. But the number of first dose vaccinations has dropped to 360,000 from 2 million in mid-April. A quarter of those are newly eligible 12 to 15 year olds. Separately, pandemic researchers are warning that a picture of 
two Americas is emerging, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, that in many ways might reflect red state and blue state politic divides. Only 52% of Republicans said that they were partially or fully vaccinated, and 29% said that they have no intentions of getting a vaccine, according to CBS News' YouGov poll. 77% of Democrats said that they were already vaccinated, with just 5% responding that they were resisting the vaccine. I call it two COVID nations, Peter Hotez, a vaccine researcher at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, told BuzzFeed News. Bette Korber, a computational biologist at Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico, said she expected variant Delta to become the most common variant in the U.S. within weeks. It's really moving quickly, Korber told BuzzFeed. On Friday, President Biden issued a plea to Americans who have not yet received a vaccine to do so as soon as possible. Even while we're making incredible progress, it remains a serious and deadly threat. Biden said in remarks from the White House, saying that the Delta variant leaves unvaccinated people even more vulnerable than they were a month ago. We're heading into, God willing, the summer of joy, the summer of freedom, Biden said. On July 4th, we're going to celebrate our independence from the virus as we celebrate our independence of our nation. We want everyone to be able to do that. Okay. Uh, the Guardian took a whole lot of different <laughs> quotes from a whole lot of different uh, news feeds there. Not all of them great. Um, but here is, uh, here, here's my take on this. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. But you have to understand the consequences. In the same way that the majority of people were preventing themselves from getting exposed... I get, I get vaccinated from the flu every year. I literally get a flu vaccination with me and my kids every single year. I got this vaccination. Me and my kids all got it. My wife as well. Uh, I choose life. It's literally that simple. I know that I could, unlikely, but could die from the flu. I could, unlikely, but I could die from covid if there is a chance that is going to help prevent that, well then, yeah, I'm going to take it. The, the consequences of the COVID vaccination was two days of discomfort. That was it. The first shot, I had like a couple hours of, uh, you know, almost feverish. And the second shot, I had fever dreams and I was sweating and stuff, but I was fine the next day. And that was it. And now I don't have to wear a mask. I can go about and do anything I want and live without fear of contracting this stupid ass virus, virus that again killed 600,000 plus Americans and infinitely more worldwide. I don't know why I'm still wearing these. Um, it's a no brainer. Like, yeah, if you choose life, then you choose to get a vaccine. If you choose to be a rabid individualist that doesn't want anyone telling you what to do so much so that you would actually cut off your nose to spite your face, then don't get the vaccine. Cut your fucking nose off, suffer and die. I don't care. Die. Get off the planet. There are those of us who enjoy it here. That's really what it comes down to. You either enjoy living or you just want to roll the dice and hope you get snake eyes. You may get snake eyes. Okay, 
It may never affect you at all, and you were just lucky. Fine. But if you die, I'm not shedding a tear. I'm not going to mourn your loss. I'm going to cheer. I'm going to champion your death. I'm going to desire all of you to get infected and die. Because I don't want you here. You're part of the problem. You're the reason why we have mumps coming back or, or various diseases that our kids are vaccinated for that are now making a resurgence because you don't want the government telling you what to do in your life. And you don't want to protect your kids because you think it's somehow going to cause autism because you don't actually enjoy science. You just like headlines and to side with insane celebrities and their stupid ass opinions. Fine. Believe the bullshit you want to believe. Do whatever you want to do and spout off whatever nonsense you want to spout off. But there comes a point when you got to pay the fucking piper. And they're not going to care about your stupid conspiracies and your stupid opinions and your stupid fucking fears. You're just going to have to suffer the consequences. The same thing my kids have to do when they fuck up in life you're going to have to do because as a society we've been holding too many hands for too damn long let's take the warnings off of labels if you want to drink bleach drink bleach do it i don't care i would be happier without you on the planet if you want to run off the fucking road because you don't and, and, uh, you don't want to wear seatbelts and you like go through the fucking windshield of your car fine i don't care DIE ALREADY! So that those of us who want to celebrate life and enjoy it safely, not overly, we still have our freedoms, but we're just NOT going to get the one virus that you're gonna die from. It's that simple. So, please, fuck off and die already, so that the rest of us can get on. I don't understand this whole two America bullshit and why anyone would allow a political agenda to define your choice on whether or not you are safe or not safe. You don't deserve to be on this fucking planet at that point. Period. I would say it should be mandatory that anyone who doesn't want a vaccine must sit in a room for 24 hours with someone with the fucking virus. And we'll see how many people get the fucking vaccine then. Go face to face with the consequences of your actions. And I have a feeling. Opinions are going to change pretty quickly. But the more and more that we pad consequences. And we take care of people and hold their hands in every choice they make. And we make things as comfortable for as many people as possible. The rest of us suffer. It's that simple. Stop the madness. Just fucking stop it. You don't want to get a flu shot? Fine. Get exposed with the flu and suffer the consequences. You don't want to get a COVID shot? Fine. Go get fucking exposed to COVID and suffer the consequences. You may live through it. You may not. But that's a choice that you have made. It drives me crazy. Why we're even putting up with this as a society. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. 
Same people who are becoming issues on mumps, measles, and so on. Yeah, no, it's a real issue. Stupidity. It was even addressed in uh, We Are Satanists, the book, about the pervasiveness of stupidity in a society and the backslide. Rather than the progressive movement towards accepting science, the backslide of accepting science as fact. Viruses are in us every day, all day. Yeah, and it's important that we are exposed to them and that we suffer the effects of them and then we can build antibodies to them. And that's why most of the viruses or the vaccinations you get have little bits of the virus in them so that your body can then, in manageable doses, build antibodies to those viruses. But if you don't get those small doses, you could suffer serious consequences getting exposed to the large doses. Drives me crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm sure. I'm trying to show all these comments that are being hidden because there's, I don't know, aggressive words in them, like nuke. Uh, the nationalists seem to always be acting in the worst interest of the people they claim to be for. This is overall in history. Ooh, I don't know if that was for the last conversation or this one. Let's see. Yeah, just because we're uh, your celebrity does not mean that they are is right or correct or do things the best way to your own research. That's the other thing, William, that really drives me crazy is that we, and it's normal, it's, it's human, we're tribal, you know, we build cult of personalities around anything, whether it doesn't even matter where you lie on a social spectrum, whether you're politically right, left, center, or extreme in any angle, we build cult of personalities around people. And we like to sort of hold them up and champion them. And any idea that they have, we must then pair it back or we must then accept. And that's why it's so dangerous as human beings to limit your exposure to different ideas because you are then encouraged to champion one person with one idea. And if you've ever met another human in the world, you know that we are stupid. We are stupid. <laughs> We're the worst. You can't trust us for anything. Not only because we constantly change our opinions all the time, but that we rarely act on fact or science. It's just sort of a feeling. Oh, I feel like the cosmos wants me to uh, try a cleanse, a juice cleanse. Shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? The cosmos doesn't care about you. You know what I mean? Like, we need to stop with this, this feeling-based decision-making and instead just go with science. And yeah, sometimes some scientists are going to dupe you or manipulate you or people claiming to be science scientists are going to do the same. And that's why you have to fact check. You got to look at different sources. You got to look at, be exposed to different opinions and different ideas. I mean, just when Trump was in office, he was lambasted for claiming, and I even lambasted him for claiming that this virus was released from or it escaped from a lab. And now it seems like that might be true. You never know where reality is going to stem from. So you always have to be open to at least hearing it. Hearing it out. You may stifle it quickly, but at least hear it out. Hear the argument out. Because you might just learn something and your opinion might just change a little bit. Um, those cosmic bastards. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I mean, it's, my ear itches really bad, but you always look like an idiot, like scratching your ear. 
my inner ear. I want to be a dog, like tap my foot as I'm scratching it because it really itches. It's weird. Uh, science is a tool. Uh, living without is fixing is like fixing a car where you with your bare hands. That's a little bit too abstract for me right now. <laughs> I can't process that. My third side perspective of this whole article is just, yeah, let there be two different um, Americas then. And let the second America suffer their consequences. It's that simple. You don't want to live in America? Well, then move. You don't want to suffer um, under the reign of tyrannical government that you claim America is, even though all reality says otherwise? Fine. Move. <laughs> it's that simple. Sometimes you're in political favor. Sometimes you're out of political favor. Sometimes decisions and world events force you to rethink what is going on in your life. But never, ever, as a healthy human being, should you take one stance based on social politics and never escape that stance. Because you will always look like an ass and suffer some dire consequences by doing so. Always. All right, let's do a little creature feature and end this thing. We're almost at an hour. Throwing off an image, because this is a kick-ass show. All right. Let me tell you something. I heard great things about this. This is called Sweet Dreams. It's on Netflix right now. It's not called Sweet Dreams. It's called Sweet Tooth. Clearly, I'm an idiot. <clears throat> so, it's called Sweet Tooth. <laughs> it's on Netflix, and I heard great things about it. And I've been avoiding it. I don't know why. I just have. I, I don't, I thought it was a film actually, and I didn't want to spend the two hours and get disappointed. I've been burned too much lately. And I was just like, there's other things that I could watch that, you know, are just lighter and I don't know, more interesting or, or whatever. I was wrong. I was wildly wrong. We finally sat down to watch it and it's a series on Netflix. It's not a film. So you can actually like marinate in this world. And it's really good. Like it's genuinely really good okay there's a lot of reasons why it's good and i'll get into some of them here uh again this is a fantasy drama series uh streaming television series developed by jim mickle it's based on the comic book of the same name by jeff lemire it was a dc comic or something it premiered on netflix on june 4th 2021 this is the setup this is the premise here 10 years ago the Great Crumble, which was a virus, killed many people in the world and led to the mysterious emergence of hybrid babies born part human and part animal. Again, this is a little too real in the, the, the virus part of it. A little too real, which I think adds to just in this moment it being so powerful and enjoyable. Unsure if hybrids are the cause or the result of the virus, Many humans fear and hunt them. Gus, a 
half-deer hybrid, lives in the wilderness with his father, who dies of the virus when Gus is nine years old. Gus discovers a box with what he believes is a picture of his mother in it, buried in his father's, uh, buried by his father beneath the tree. I gotta get my glasses on again, doggone it. Beneath the tree with the word Colorado written on it. A year after his father's death, Gus sets a fire before deciding to leave to find his mother. The fire alerts nearby hunters to his location who try to murder Gus for the sport. The hunters are visibly surprised Gus can speak and are soon killed by Tommy Jeppard, a lone traveler, who tries to leave Gus behind. Instead, Gus follows Jeppard, insisting he escort him to his mother in Colorado. Jeppard resists but still protects Gus as he won't leave him alone. This stars Nonso Anozi, which is uh, Tommy Jeppard, Christian uh, Convery, who's Gus, Will Forte, who's Pubba, Gus's father, Adil Akhtar, Dr. Uh, Aditya Singh, who is like searching for a cure of the virus, and his wife is actually suffering from uh, effects of it too, and Stephanie Lavie Owen, who is Bear, which is part of a resistance movement that I haven't really gotten to yet. We've watched, I think, two episodes so far, um, and it was all produced in New Zealand. So, again, there was this massive virus that like, just started killing people, and no one understood why. And at the same time, human beings were unable to then have children afterward. This was a decade ago in the story. So the only babies that were ever born were hybrid babies. And so at the same time the virus hit, the babies started coming out. People did what people do. And I would, like, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, humanity wouldn't act this way. And then I remembered the pandemic and the behavior people had in the pandemic. I remembered waiting in line at Costco, hoping that they had some semblance of tissue or towel that I could wipe my ass with. And then I was like, Oh yeah, we do act that way. <laughs> Again, humans are the worst. We are the worst. Of course we would kill hybrid children. Of course we would blame them for the virus. We have people thinking that the government is trying to murder you with the cure for the vaccine from the virus. In our real world. Why would we not think the same in a fantasy world? It takes science fiction and fantasy to show us how truly stupid of a species we actually are. And that kind of makes me angry that it's so obvious that we're so unfit to exist. We just don't deserve this life that we have as a species. I'm sorry, but our behavior flies in contrast to our deserving to enjoy this wonderful goddamned world that we have. Fucking people, man. We're the worst. So, uh, yeah, so people start hunting these babies and they make such a big deal about this main character, Gus, who is this human-deer hybrid that you see in the poster there, um, being able to speak because all the children have been hunted and murdered as a sort of vengeance tactic or as study in order to find a cure because people think that they're the cause of it, which doesn't make any sense, but still, you know, we're humans and we don't make sense. Um, and so, it, like, it's a huge deal that Gus lived long enough to be able to taught, be taught to speak. It was such this huge deal throughout the whole show. 
I first of all, I love post-apocalyptic world shows. I love dystopian futures because again, they're so real. We we're just we're just like uh, <laughs> square pounds per second per second away from this being reality. I I mean, my favorite dystopian film of all time is The Road because it's just so real. It could literally happen tomorrow. You know? I mean, it's just we're we're just a series of unfortunate events away from ending up in the worst of situations and having to just deal with it. And then behaving horribly because of it. I could not, I found myself asking this question. Um, if you believed that human-animal hybrids, and they're all children, all 10 and under, are the cause of the virus that's killing all of humanity, would you be okay killing that child? Would you be okay hunting them and taking their head off so that you could send it to a doctor to try to distill some sort of antidote? What if they are the cause of it? Could you kill children in order to find an antidote to a virus? <laughs> like, honestly, ask yourself, like, consider it. If your child, if you had a child, if your child was the one thing that could save humanity, would you kill that child? Because those are the choices that these humans in this story are facing. They're having the children. They're human-animal hybrids. The consensus is that they're the cause of this virus that's killing all of humanity. You either kill them to prevent them from killing humanity, if that's what you believe, or you kill them in order to get doctors to study their bodies to find an antidote to this. It's an insanely interesting situation to find yourself in. It's horrifying. To find this world, this fantasy world created before you as you're watching it and experiencing it. I was captivated. I couldn't stop thinking about what would I do in this situation. I think I would just let humanity die because I don't want to kill a fucking kid. I don't even want to kill an animal. I mean, I kill my chickens if they're suffering. But I don't want to kill them for food. They're my fucking animals. It's tough, dude. It is a tough question to pose and it's something that we're the absurdity of the human experience is not so far removed that we cannot consider it a possibility how terrifying is that that it's not so absurd that it could possibly happen not that it would but that it possibly could and that alone is just ripe with exploration. <laughs> like, how messed up of choices as a society do we regularly make? The agricultural choices that we make, the environmental choices that we make, the industrial choices that we make as a society, and the impacts that those have on cancer, asthma, allergies, disabilities that we suffer on a daily basis just by the regular choices we make in the regular course of life. The severe consequences that we face. And we just think, 
hey, as long as I can order a, a dildo from Amazon, I'm fine with those consequences. Like, that's where we are as a society. Let's poison our environment. Let's subsidize crops that we don't fucking need. Taking away water from our own human existence. <laughs> because that's just what we've always done and we should just continue doing it. Because the problems are too great for one person to solve, so why even try it all? Because elections don't matter because a comedian told me so, so why should I even get involved? We rationalize these decisions on a daily basis that regularly like, lead to us dying earlier and living in a less fertile world. But it's normal. We do it every day. we never consider it. We never second guess it. This is just, we're supposed to consume. We were born, hence we must buy things and destroy them and then buy new ones. Or worse, just buy them every year because it has a new feature. We don't, we don't, we don't ever ask ourselves, do we need to do this? Is this better for our species or our human experience or worse? Or are we actively harming ourselves by the basic choices that we don't even consider on a daily basis? Where are you getting your food? Does it matter? Does it matter how far it travels? Or the conditions that the animals or the plants are raised in? Or the resources that it takes to raise them? And the consequences of sapping those resources from us? We never consider anything. We just act because we've always acted. We're told that that's normal, so we just continue it. But it's not normal. What is normal is subsisting off of the environment that you exist in. We have more of a human experience. Literally, more time spent camping and hunting for our food and existence than we do of living within walls. But we say this is normal. In the face of reality, in the face of our own history that we know of, this is what we claim is normal and the right thing to do, what we're supposed to do as a society. It's insane! We make insane decisions every day without thinking about them and without thinking about the consequences. And we are actively suffering the consequences. We're killing ourselves. Literally, we have one planet that we're actively destroying because we're just told that that's what you do. You just, that's what we do. And we're only here for a little while, so what does it really matter? We never question anything. As a species. We're the worst. And that's what this show reminded me of. <laughs> it makes me so sad. I can't help but laugh. It's like I'm going to just cry or I'm going to laugh. At the ridiculousness of our existence. That we have literally chosen. Not that we had to or that it was destined to be. But that we chose. And most of the choices were made for us. And that's the worst part about it all. So, <laughs> check out the show because it's great. <laughs> it really is good, though. 
if for no other reason, it should make you ask some important questions. Uh, thanks, Alan. I appreciate you, man. I really do. That being said, I think I gotta call this a quits. <laughs> My wife, literally from scratch, made two pies for me that I can smell right now that are just sitting out there waiting for me. So I'm going to fly and uh, <laughs> indulge in those. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, these shows are, are, I hope you find some value in them. I don't know if you do or not, but I hope you do. I try to give you a little bit of something every week. It's always hard because I've been doing this for so long and I always second guess whether I have any opinions worth listening to in the first place, but I try to give you some value for your time. Um, and I appreciate the time that you give me uh, because without it, I wouldn't be doing it. And that's just the reality of it. I hope you have a fantastic week. Actively make choices in your life and think about the consequences of those choices. On a regular, I don't know why I'm still wearing this. I'm not reading anymore. Um, think about the consequences of them because there are always consequences. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but they exist and you are making them happen. So there's some magic and power in understanding that and then making those choices for yourself. Don't let others make them for you. Till next week, hail Satan. <laughs>